You're listening to the 12 Days of Crusademus, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. No, wait, hey, wait, wait. Y'all forgot to sing my favorite Christmas carol, the 12 Days of Christmas. No, not that one. A one, a two, a one, two, three, no. four. I'm the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a fire-breathing dragon just for me. Yeah. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me And a fire-breathing dragon just for me. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three little pigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two wheatgrass. And a fire-breathing dragon just for me. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four exploding birds. Three little pigs. Two wheatgrass. And a fire-breathing dragon just for me. Let me guess. Five onion rings. Five onion rings. Oh, I knew it. Four exploding birds. Three little pigs. Two wee rats. And a nine elf quest questing. Hello and welcome to the ninth installment of the 12 Days of Crusademus, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. The 12 Days of Crusademus is our gift to the comic-loving podcasting community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some often overlooked comic book titles and why we think they're awesome. Each day of the 12 Days of Crusademus will bring you a new hidden gem of a comic series brought to you by one of our Jingling All the Way co-hosts until we get all the way to December 25th, Christmas Day. I'm your host for this ninth day of Crusademus, Pat Sampson. And here are the jolly rightful old elves joining me for today's unwrapping. Delvin Williams. Merry Christmas, everybody. And I hope that you want the same three things that, you know, I want for Christmas. Peace, love, and uh, Omega Supreme, because I never got it as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Cry for help. (laughs) (laughs) And we have Jared Elbrick, the one, the only yard sale artist. Eggnog is good. Uh, (laughs) Spiked it. And we have Jason Albrick. Ho, ho, ho. I'm sitting here with my two Omega Supremes. I don't know what I'm going to do with two Omega uh, Supremes. The dark web's jealous. <laughs> my nickname in college was Omegas. Never mind. Let's <laughs> That's a lie. Maybe they called me Bumblebee. No, that was, that was Burrito Supreme. Just, just because you write it on... <laughs> Just because you write it on the notebook, Jared, 25 times, doesn't mean people are going to start calling you that. I wrote it in a cool font. (laughs) And now look at you. You're a yard sale artist. I've done something with my life, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So as you have heard of my singing intro today is Nine Elf Quest Questing, which means we're unwrapping... ElfQuest. Let's give a brief, quick overview of what ElfQuest is. Uh, ElfQuest is a cult hit comic book property created by Wendy and Rich Peeney, or Richard Peeney. 
1978. It's a fantasy story about a community of elves and other fictional species who struggle to survive the coexistence on a primitive Earth like planet with two moons. ElfQuest was also one of the first comic book series to have a planned conclusion. Uh, they have been uh, going on since 1978. It's a long time. It is. It is a long time. So just a, I'm sure a lot of people probably you've heard of ElfQuest. You've seen it. Maybe you've even read it. And maybe some of you haven't. But let me tell you why. what caught my eye on this. When I was a young kid and I went to the Walden Bookstore, and I was per yep, I was perusing big word there through the aisles. I came across in the graphic novel section. I came across a the Elfquest book. It was one of the trades, so it had several of the older issues put together and colored at the time because uh, the originals weren't colored at all. They were black and white. Uh, these were colored, and that really the art in it just oh, so beautifully beautifully drawn, and it being a sword and sorcery sword and magic you know me i like that aspect that always is going to draw me closer to it and when i had saved up some money and i came back and got that out of the walden book walden books it, w- it wasn't the first trade i think it was the, it's the second trade and to this day i still have it it had a deeper story going on with it uh with these elves kind of a a, a twist instead of having the human side you know the humans trying to go against the elves it's it's kind of the opposite where you have the elves going against the human they can ride some really sweet looking wolves as pets and who wouldn't want a cool wolf and ride a big wolf like that as a pet i always thought i'd like it yeah. i think it'd be great get rid of our cars and we just ride wolves around ride wolves around and we howl <laughs> That, that actually would be pretty Did cool. Work <laughs> so for today, I had the team read ElfQuest issue number one. And I chose that one just because it's the beginning of the series, the start. And I thought it was a great great place to get into it. So with that, I'll give you a little, some credit, some issue credits here is a uh, comic book title is ElfQuest number one. Publisher is Warp Comics. Cover dated is 1979. Editor by Richard Peeney, Fire and Flight. Plotter was Richard Peeney. Writer, artist, letterer is Wendy Peeney. What a great team these two make. Uh, let's get some first read or reread. Delvin, was this a first read for you? Yes, sir. It was a first read for me. Uh, Jared, how about you? First read. And Jason. I will round it out. First read for me, too. Oh, Awesome. Well, let's get to some thoughts on it then from everybody. We'll start with Jared. Ooh. Um, all right. Well, I'm glad you brought ElfQuest to the festively decorated Longbox Crusade Studios and gifted it to us. It's one of those books that I think, if you've been comics in comics, collecting comics for any decent amount of time, you've probably heard of ElfQuest. And, of course, they had. I've seen it around. And I just never picked it up and read it. Again, I have a bias for sword and sorcery. And I think it was reaching its heyday when I was pretty young. And I think like Marvel's imprint Epic picked it up in the 80s. Yes. yes. And I think that's where it really got probably a lot more attention because it was on, on more shelves and it was more prolific. And um, But when I looked at it, to me at the time, being an 80s boy, it kind of felt like a girl comic. You know, I was like, it's drawn by a girl and it's, it's just kind of looked girly to me. I don't know why it was, you know, it was the eighties. It was a weird time. Uh, So I'm really glad I got to double back on that and sort of get that dumb bias out of my head, give it a shot. And I, I ended up enjoying it again. I'm not a big sword and sorcery guy, so that's working against it, but I could easily see like why it caught on. It's, 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 
the the art is really um, unique uh, and and attractive uh, if in its uniqueness. So that's mm-hmm. a, a total compliment. And uh, the story was like you said, just interesting enough to be like, okay, from issue one, we already see these. We get the background story of what happened. Like the elf people came to Earth and like immediately like. The primitive Earth people didn't know what to do with these elves, so like they attacked them. They immediately became enemies, and now sort of the elves and humans are trying to coexist, and the humans are kind of getting the upper hand, and the elves are on the run. Like this entire tribe is on the run, and now they have to, you know, go through uh, hang out with the trolls. So like, I like the storytelling. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The method, the storytelling method of we're following this tribe on the run, and that allows us to meet all the other characters in the world. So it's a simple device, uh, but I thought it was all laid out real well, and I enjoyed it. Great. Jason, how about you? I didn't actually read this book, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! No, I, you know, I'm just going to parrot a lot of what Jared, uh, Jared said. I, I, I remember this book coming out when I was getting, well, it had been out for a while, but I remember seeing this book when I was getting back into comics early on in high school. I was about 14 years old and just kind of getting familiar with the the comic store, going to the comic store to get my comics Mm -hmm. and seeing this on the show. And to my shame, much like Jared, this was the comic the girls were reading. And so I avoided it like the coots. I looked at it and the cover at the time I looked at it and said, yeah, this looks kind of girly and not really my thing. I really like the X-Men. And, and so I, I didn't didn't pick it up. And that's that's much to my shame. I think that um, Jared is absolutely right. I thought the storytelling was fantastic. It was simple but it was clear it had good pacing it had all the elements of a of a good of a good story and it reminded me a lot of like uh you know those jim henson the edgy movies like dark crystal or something like that yeah yeah definitely yes yeah i see that and 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 it was it it was a lot of fun to read and just to think I, i i don't know what the backstory of, of the creators happened to be. I don't know if they were trained as artists or trained in writing, but they were just doing this starting out. And this is, you know, and, and this is the start of the quest, man. They were really, really talented and I can understand why it's enjoyed such, such a long success. So, yeah, I think this was a clearly a winner in my book. My favorite of your picks, Pat, hands down, I think is, it's a, uh, uh, really good book, and I'm, I'm I'm ashamed that I avoided it in my teenage years. I'm feeling a little fur clamped now. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Isn't that, wasn't that the wasn't that the Russian lady from uh, from Russia with Love? That, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's Rosa. That's Rosa Klebb. <laughs> oh, okay. Anything else, Jason? No, that's 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 it. I think Jared hit the nail on the head it's uh it's a beautiful book well crafted and uh congratulations on the teens for their success it's well well deserved and delvin how about you what's your thoughts well my first thought is uh we've mentioned uh the word epic and no one went with the faith no more song and i'm very disappointed you want it all but 
Okay. <laughs> you you open that up, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting for it. I'm like, I, I know you guys was <laughs> Somebody did, and I'm like, okay, okay. The, the dark well will pull it out, you know. We got it somewhere in the archives, you know. Pulled it out, presented it to everybody. But okay, okay. Now to uh, Elf Quest. Elf Quest is one of those books that I had to have seen at a comic book store at some point, and you just look past it to go to the superhero genre books it, it was no one ever told me to look at it no one ever told me to not look at it it was just never anything that caught my eye but i still know the names um the peenies so i think that alone says plenty yeah and so when you said well hey check out uh you know this uh first issue of uh of elf quest it was like well actually one more thing what a fantastic idea you know that you have had to make just boatloads of money on this if you're like you know what we'll put this out for free on a website mm-hmm. fantastic mm-hmm. I- fantastic idea just on the surface of it but you know that this book has been insanely successful because they can do something like this and looking at the first book I mean 1978 so you know I was all of freaking one <laughs> when this book came out and you look and one of the things that it reminded me of was just kind of present day. And it made me in in a in a good way, it made me depressed because, you know, these elves, they came from you know, nowhere in this magic castle. And they're like, hey, humans. And the humans are like, smash, bash. <laughs> yeah, we're going to beat, beat you bloody and take your castle. It's like, oh, God, that's that's awful. That's, yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, it made you feel for them right away. It did. It was like, because, I mean, the, the humans were just immediately horrible to them. Didn't try to uh, seek out any alliance, didn't try to, you know, see, you know, what was, you know, be mutually beneficial amongst each other. Just, nope, immediately went to war with them and made the elves immediately distrusting of the humans. Mm-hmm. And then you had the elves uh, and the trolls who cooperated with each other, but they had a distrusting relationship as well. And so everybody had a relationship with each other, but they were all distrusting of each other. And if that isn't just reminiscent of events that are going on now, then man, like, you know, you're not paying attention. And so that's what ElfQuest reminded me of. And this book is 40 years old. Incredible. Uh, And the art was good enough to me. It kept the story going along, along and each of the characters, they were very distinct in how they were drawn. Like you could see two or three of them beside each other and not think that just because they're elves that they all looked alike. And the same thing with the trolls and the same thing with the humans. Uh, And that was very well done. The story just overall, it, it, it was, it was a very good story. And I was interested to see, uh, what happens to them, um, after the um, results of the end of uh, issue one, I was very interested. Yeah, you mentioned that it uh, with them, you know, posting this up on you. You are able to read a lot of this series online. Um, yeah, which is awesome to go through and and, and look at and read. Um, for I got free for, for free. free. Yeah, so. yeah, no kidding. Well, I would definitely say you know spend the money. 
and get the the big omnibuses of these that they have the like I got volume one of the complete quest uh, and it's it's 720 pages Ooh. of the original quest cover price um, uh, I'm not sure I've, I picked up mine for 10 bucks what yeah I picked up mine for 10 bucks you got at, uh, yeah volume at the one? Maya, yep at the uh, Wajamaya market in downtown Seattle Hey Jason, how many comics? How many comics are in the omnibus? Oh gosh, let me see here. In this one, one? two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. But it's all black and white too, so it's yeah. it's looking through this. In it's about black 20, and white. 22. That's really good. Mm-hmm. I like the color, but I also like I like seeing it in the black and white drawing as well too. It still artwork is just awesome to me. I've gotten some of those for like Amazing Spider-Man and Uncanny X-Men, and it, the story reads just as cool in black and white as it did in color. Yeah, I've been using the black and white for uh, our Crusader Chronicles with the Spider-Man. I like comics too. <laughs> I like comics. <laughs> Great! I'm yeah. glad you guys all like them. So why don't we go ahead and give it our candy cane ratings out of uh, twelve candy canes? Jason, how many are you going to give this one? I'm going to give this one my one and only 12 candy cane. Oh, Awesome. That's great. Definitely rub, rub them in the right tummy feathers, yeah. right? I know, right? That's <laughs> well, I mean, I've got the book, so yeah, I'm going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> Delvin, how about you? I'll give it 11. I thought oh. it was very good, but I am protective of my candy canes. And I like to keep one for myself. <laughs> it's a fear to giving, Delvin. <laughs> I gave the majority. 11 out of 12, that's like 74%. I know. That's, that's 80% easy. So, yeah, I was very generous. It was a great book. really was. Jared, how about you? <sighs> I'm a lot of pressure now. <laughs> I, knowing that my bias against sword sorcery and elven things, I think you should be very impressed that I will give it nine candy canes. Mm, not bad. Not yep. bad. Not bad. I just want to jump back real, a little bit to what Delvin had mentioned. And I think a lot of you guys, the theme there was that you'd walk into a shop and you'd see it. It wasn't always in the same buy the superhero-y kind of ones. Was it always in like a, a different place on the shelf? I think so. Are you guys? Probably yeah, it was like, like, it was, it was like an elf on the shelf. Yeah. Elf on the shelf. Did you, did you make an elf on the shelf joke? Is that what I missed? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you remember too, I think it cost more money, which was another thing that drove me. Oh, that's true. It did have a higher cover price. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, no, yeah. I and the and the girls were reading it, man. I know, the girls. Yeah. And see, I would imagine, you know, you'd have your Marvel comics and your DC comics, and then you'd have the independent stuff. And think in 1978, how hard would it be for an independent to make its name? It was a big deal when Image Comics came out with top creators, and that was mid 90s early 90s so i I couldn't imagine in the late 70s that an indie book was going to do super popular it was probably a cult thing then Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I was reading some indie books in the 80s, but mostly they were like, I think it was, was America's First Comics, and they were like, like Badger and Sable and, and books like that. You made those up. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Nexus and Grimjack. I was yeah, reading exactly. those too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just putting verbs together. And- <laughs> <laughs> Right and jump and <laughs> wait that that one was made up. Was and, uh, lamp table, <laughs> television speaker. Well, I was just just kind of if if your comic shops were looking about the same as mine and where these were placed. So, like I said, I was in the wall the Walden Bookstore at the time, and these were towards the back of the by the, the by the graphic novels of where I saw it. And the well, comics were more up thing. front, so I don't know if it is anymore or not. Not by me. It, it closed down. But. I think it's done. Yeah. I think yeah. it's gone. But ElfQuest is still with us. Yeah, yeah I am. I don't think ElfQuest really came to my attention until Epic, and mainly because I really got into Gru. And if we had more Days of Crusaders, yeah. I might bring Gru. But uh, that's kind of, I think, where I saw ElfQuest, is that book that was next to Gru. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I think I yeah I, I kind of looked at Gru too, and that's another one. Well, I'm surprised you like Gru. I love Gru because it's fun. Cause the fun. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's so fun. different. It's yeah. so different than anything else. It's is why you can I'm, say I grew on them. Maybe we might have to start an offshoot of Gru. I've been mm. collecting it. Mm. Could be on a long box oh, crusade. Hey, I'd be down for that. I've never read Gru before. Right. I, I never I really know. did either. I mean, I think I've read a couple sporadic issues that Jared left laying around, but that's about it. All right, we might be on to something, folks. Might be on to something. <laughs> so with that, I think that's going to wrap it up, unless anybody has anything else. No, good choice. All right. Thank you guys for indulging me on this one. So with that, we're going to wrap up today's gift-giving session of the 12 Days of Crusademus. We'd love to hear from you, and if you're familiar with any of the comics we've covered here on the show, or if you give one of our recommendations a try, let us know what you think. We can be reached at on Twitter at Longbox Crusade, on Facebook at Longbox Crusade, or you can also email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll compile all the feedback for all 12 Days of Crusademus and cover it in the next full episode of The Longbox Crusade. Might be a gruin. But be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is from underneath the tree here in the festively decorated Longbox Crusade studios. So until then, DJ Christatos, play my favorite Christmas jam. Happy holidays! We want it all, but you can't have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, is what is it? Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Christmas. Peace on Earth. What is it? Christmas. What is it? Christmas.
couple came to Bethlehem, expecting child. They searched the inn to find a place for you. We're coming soon. There was no room for them to stay. So in a manger filled with hay, God's only son was born. song clips and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended we make no money on this podcast and it is for entertainment purposes only we are just fans that like to share our love of comics outtakes haven't yet made it to the league of justice i haven't seen any of those yet 
save myself for Star Wars. Mm. Oh, yeah, Star Wars coming. On, uh, it's coming. I'm saving myself for my first look. <laughs> it's getting weird. <laughs> Hello, sexy. <laughs> Hello, Star Wars. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I did see it, man. Did you think it sucked? I, 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 I would think so. I, I thought it was all right. Like, I mean, it at least ended where I'm like, okay, you know, we can build from this. We, we can make it better, stronger, faster. <laughs> that's, enough, that's a different property. <laughs> you know, close enough. You know, like, you know, maybe their next movie might make $6 million. <laughs> <laughs> I amuse myself on that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this has been jokes by Delvin for Delvin. <laughs> but it wasn't. And no, smart jokes made simple by Delvin. <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It it wasn't like I, it's like Steppenwolf was a terrible choice for a villain. But what? I, I mean, I don't. I like I, Steppenwolf. I know where this is going, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Pat. <laughs> Finish Do it, it Pat. Get, get out of your system. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the song. Born though. to be wild. Yeah. Oh, yeah, born to be wild. There we go. Seriously, Delvin have to do everything? He's got to set the joke up and deliver the pencil? Carrying on. Carrying on, man. Delvin Knight on the uh, 12 Days of Crusade. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Delvin. <laughs> Setting him up, knocking him down. And you don't have to... You don't have to have any clunky dialogue or, you know, didactic script writing. Anyway, I don't know. This will just become a JLA. Uh... Didacted? <laughs> Here we go. I know what that one means. I know what didactic means. It's an old dinosaur that flies. <laughs> uh, somebody needs uh, insulin to uh, control their <laughs> Jason's got it. <laughs> That's diabetic, man. Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh. That's not what I meant at all. I thought you was diabetic. All right, you guys ready to roll into the next one? We get going here? Yeah, let's do right. this. Let's move okay. along with some alacrity. <laughs> yeah. That just happened. <laughs> That's like that candy, right? Like candy that comes in red or black? <laughs> it's just licorice. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, isn't that what you put on wood to make it this like is lacquer. On it? <laughs> this is lacquer. It's like where you keep all your books and stuff when you were in high school. That's oh, a locker. Okay. That's no, a locker. <laughs> Why would you want a locker? Why don't you set her free? <laughs> all right, you're, t- you're, time- you're in timeout. You are in right. timeout. <laughs> we can't do the show with all of us in timeout. I mean, we've. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's, it's the episode of Crusavis, and all you hear is like the fire crackle in the background music, and there's nothing else going on. <laughs> and that dog. Yeah. <laughs> good round, people. Good 12 round. Days. Yeah. We've done twelve days, and you've already well, edited is... like how many? Three or six? How many have you edited already? I haven't kept up. A quarter of them. All right, so nine. Yes. So six. Yes. Seven. <laughs> Wait. Uh, I've Five? actually done a, a baker's dozen. Ah, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? <laughs> baker's dozen. That's thirteen. That's a joke. Yeah. A baker's dozen is 13. I know what it is. You did not. Come on. Come on. You seen this belly? I know how many donuts are in a baker's dozen. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Chubbins. They, they did They did call him that. They, they <laughs> that <did>. part's true. 
I, I could tell I you why that, it, it was called when it was the Baker's Dozen. Oh, well, here we go. Oh, yeah. Actually, <laughs> Pat, Pat, bring in some old-timey music and let's do this. <laughs> so back in ye old-timey England, I don't remember when it was, the king had decreed that it was that it was against the law and for any baker to cheat giving rolls to their customers because sometimes the bakers would, you know, shortchange them a roll or two uh, to save on save on the goods. And so the king put a decree out, and the penalty was so severe that the bakers, instead of putting 12, just to make sure that they didn't get in trouble, put in a 13th uh, roll, so they called it the baker's dozen. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> oh. Where's the rage? There's a bunch of crickets around here. <laughs> uh, I was I was searching fast for that audio effect. <laughs> That's funny. You got a joke window, dude, and and you got to jump through it. You got to make the window. Hit it while it's hot. Good job, John McClain. <laughs> yeah, He's I wasn't you really happy with my hosting. I was still half asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Krong Box Luce. 